welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, so it's time for 75 W Radio's Fiction Show. And I'm with, you know, family friend, family member. <laughs> Not just the 75 W Radio family, but my actual sister, you know. Hi. Mary, you know, say hi. So, uh, before we start, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, about myself. So, as introduced, my name is Mary. I'm a writer. I work in finance. Ah. I'm the host's sister. Um, yeah, that's me. Right, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and obviously it's uh, Festus here, your host, FT. Um got uh one more person to come in but we'll just continue anyway so our topic today is black history yep. the past the present and the future of us black people yeah yeah so first of all i wanted to sort of talk about we actually talked about it right before we went live um i know you're not a football fan <laughs> but <laughs> there's the issue of the football game between I think it was England and Bulgaria. Bulgaria, yeah. So he was keeping on lock. I, right, heard, cool. I heard, I heard, it. You heard, you heard. <laughs> I heard. You were sitting down there in the house watching it with Dad. Like it's you and Dad were probably debating yeah. about it, and you were just sitting in. You were sitting in the corner, but you was having a look at the game. Sitting in the corner. That, yeah. That's the song. Don't do. Yeah. Don't do. Sorry, had to do that. Okay. Oh, boys, don't holler. Anyway, okay. speaking of hollering, there was a. Some bad hollering um, yes. in, during the game. There were some racist chants and motions towards players. Yeah. Uh, a player in particular called Tyron Mings called it out. Um, so now what UEFA has done is that they've put in this new sort of policy um, that sort of changes how we look at the game. Welcome, bro. Welcome, bro. Thank you. Thank you. No worries, man. No worries, man. It's that time when you come back from work, innit? And it's like. Yeah, it's not easy at all. <laughs> but yeah, do you want to introduce yourself as well? You know, I know you've been on this show like a million. Oh no, you've been on the station this million times, isn't it? But it's your first time on this show. So yeah, um, hey guys, my name is Najib, also known as Jibs. Uh, what else can I say? Part of the radio station. First time on this show, the Friction Show. Yeah. So yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And what do you do as well? Uh, so, I do obviously part time work and then on the sides I do obviously the radio. Mm -hmm. um, have one show on here, also just started a bit of podcasting as well. Yeah. So, I'm just trying to dabble in a bit of everything, really. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna let you shout your podcast doing at the end, you know. I won't shout it. I know you got. I know you got to plug it in. I know, I know you're, you're desperate to plug it in the slide. Um, feel free to plug it on the slide during the, your talk as well. Only until you give me this. So. All right, cool. No worries. Well, yeah. Um, you talking as always? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got hit with the hot topic, Black History Month. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I have to sit down and uh, get okay. the adjustment. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. So yeah, we are talking about Black History, past, present, and future. Um, if you've got any thoughts, you know, pre-thoughts, you know, ideas, uh, questions you want to ask us. Hit us up on uh, 077-205-70307. I'll say that again. 077-205-70307. So, um, before I want to get into like, the whole idea of black history, I want to talk about the present. So, there was a, you know, I'm sure you're fans of football. So, the England-Bulgaria game. Okay, okay. So, I don't know if you heard about the whole chance towards the game. So, what I was saying like before is that so what UEFA brought in is like this new scheme to sort of stop eradicate racism. I'm putting that in quotation marks because it wasn't necessarily that. Um, so they had a thing where basically if they hear a chant, they will tell the fans to sort of stop. And if it happens again, then they'll end the game. Okay. So what happened is that they applied that thing. The chant still continued. Then they then asked the fans to leave the stadium who were being racist. So eventually once the guy said their piece, they walked out. And that was it. The game continued. England won the game against a very average Bulgarian team. 
simple as that. Um, but there was controversy behind it because a lot of players and fans expected the black players to walk off the pitch. Mm. Mm. So imagine you're in a situation where you're playing a game of football, right? And you're getting people chanting like that and saying this kind of racist stuff to you. What would you do in that situation? So it was promised. One of the players did promise that if I feel like I'm being racially slurred or anything, I will walk off, and that was mm. um, Danny Rose. Mm. He did say it previously, like yeah. a few months ago, beginning of the year. Mm. So I did expect him to do that. But then, um, I don't know if anyone saw this, there was a FA Cup game, FA Tournament Cup game, where a goalkeeper was allegedly spat on in a way of a fan being racist mm-hmm. and him and his whole team walked off the pitch oh. so they had no choice but to cancel the game yeah so after i saw that obviously the england versus bulgaria game happened first mm-hmm. but after i saw that i got a new view to all of it all and i thought you know what it wouldn't make sense for just the black players to walk off if anything it would probably even spike up more racism yeah more racist slurs and everything because now they're going to feel like the black players are entitled this that the other yeah and it will only make things worse but if you have your whole team behind you mm. if one of you gets racially attacked and then the whole team says you know what we're all going to walk off yeah i think that is more of a bigger statement yeah mm-hmm. so with what the fa or whoever they are fifa is doing i don't think telling people is that the other is really going to help I think if all players get together no matter what colour of their mm-hmm. skin they get together and walk off together as a squad yeah. because they are a squad mm-hmm. that would have much more of a powerful statement behind it yeah you have thoughts on that? Um, I agree completely um, I think this is maybe going towards a different point but I think that's why some people have the issue with Black History Month as a month, just because black history shouldn't be on its own as black history. It should be integrated as normal history. And so until we all take a stand and say that this is actually our problem and not just a black people problem, I don't think anything will change or anything will happen. We have to take ownership of the situation and say, OK, this is what we're dealing with and this is our stand. So, yeah, I think I actually told you about that match afterwards and thank you for bringing it up. Um, so once we do all take a stand, then it's like, okay, we're not doing it with racism today and we're not going to deal with it tomorrow. And that should be our attitude, really. Mm-hmm. Going back to your original question, I suppose, um, should they have walked off? I, I still, I can't say what someone else should do. I feel like racism is a very personal thing and you can't tell someone how they should react to a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll just end that with you. Yeah. Uh, you were always thoughts on that. Everybody reacts different. Just like yeah. what they said, everybody reacts different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's got a different reaction, but as the majority, yeah, we shouldn't create that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Jibs was saying, just the black players walking off and the white players staying behind, yeah, will create division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it cause like the white fans will be like, you know what? They still achieved what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, so. It's not about that division. It's about the majority taking that stand and saying, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah, definitely. Because if you look at it, like, with children, mm. eh, with children, if you was to tell a child to stop seeing another child, like, they'll ask you why. Yeah. And you have to give them a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. Eh, and colour won't, won't justify it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, Definitely. Because I even thought, like, on the flip side of why a player wouldn't want to walk off the pitch. Mm. And I was thinking about, because let's say if I was a baller, right, and I'd worked hard, I'd probably have to go through a lot of racist situations to get to that point where I can play for my country, or at least the country you feel you represent. Me, I don't know, I might pick Nigeria, maybe I might pick, uh, not England, but in terms of representing the country that you feel that you wanted to play for at that big stage, you know, a lot of some of the English players they don't even get a chance to play again they might have a career flop and next minute they don't get an international cap for the rest of their career Um, so I can understand why some of the players might want to continue on partly because that's what they worked hard to get into and they don't want to give up at that point Um, but also at the same time it's like um, they might feel like they're taking a stand 
is by playing on at the same time. But I get the whole thing. Like if, you, if you're going to walk off, it has to be a group thing. It can't just be the black players coming off. It can't just be the whole team show coming off. It has to be like the whole manager. Even the manager needs to like a, need to say, you man, come off. Like No one's taking part in this game. But yeah, it's definitely um, an interesting situation. But yeah, going back to like the whole idea, it's going to go back to the past now, to like black history. So imagine you're sitting there in school and they're telling you history lessons and you know it's hitting that black history month time what kind of stuff are they telling you about black history was it more to do with the american side you know your martin luther kings your malcolm x's or was it someone else me i'm i had a different experience i don't know maybe because um so I'll put it like this, I'm 27, right? Mm-hmm. So back when I was in primary or in school, secondary and all of that, there wasn't, Black History Month wasn't, I, I didn't hear about it. Yeah, I think at all. Okay, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. hear about it much, I didn't have a clue of it. Mm-hmm. The history I know of is King Henry and his nine wives and all of this, and, but Black History was never a thing to study. Mm-hmm. No, Martin, Martin Luther King, um, even Roots, that was, I don't know, that was even just hinted on. It wasn't what, played in your... It wasn't, okay. you know, it was yeah. hinted on. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to watch a movie, let's watch Roots, but that's it. Okay. But when it comes to actually studying, mm-hmm. we were given books like Holes. I don't know if anyone knows about Holes. Yeah. We were given Holes, mm-hmm. we read the book, we watch the movie, and that's what we get examined on. Mm-hmm. Okay? So yeah, back in my days, Black History Month wasn't anything that was mentioned on Too Tough. Anyone else? Me, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't, that like I studied, I studied in Africa before I came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got to study about colonization and explorers and everything from an African perspective. Yeah, until I came here. Like when I got here, I didn't even go to history class because it was more or less about English history, and that didn't really interest me. And it's naive to, personally, I think it's naive to just have one month dedicated to an entire race of people mm. to study about. Yeah. Like it should be, it should be an all year round thing. Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't you say we should count our blessings that we get a month? Because other celebrations, they get a day. You get it? Mm-hmm. I think it's just upon yourself. Well, technically, in a way, it's two months because I think yeah. in America, they celebrate in a different month. Yeah. Which some UK people adapt and then take it and, you know, etc, etc. I don't know. My mind's, my mind's split on Black History Month if it should be a thing or not. I get it in the sense that it should be something we're talking about all year round. Um, black history, even like you said, English history, Black history is a part of English history. Like, I remember Black History Month, always learning about American history. I can't tell you much about black history in the UK because mm. I didn't learn much of it in school. I learned about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and all of the American black history, but I don't really know much about English black history, even across Europe or even back in Africa as well. Um, but at the same time, it, it worries me that if we didn't have Black History Month in school, would I even know anything at all? And so, like Jib said, I think it's 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 sad, but it's a way of me saying, you know, I am counting my blessings. That at least there was some time dedicated in school for me to learn about Black history. Yes, it should ideally be integrated into everything, but it's not. So at least, thank God, we have this month where we talk about Black History Month, where we talk about Black history. Because hmm. I was even thinking about Black history um, growing up. It was sort of like only using history class. I'm much fair, I went to a school called Bishop Stortford School, which was predominantly black. Okay. Um, even though the area wasn't mm. that black, that school in particular just happened to be. Like I was actually in one of the whitest forms, and that was still about half the class, half the form of mm. 30 was, was black, and I was considered the whitest form. There were other forms that literally wasn't a, black, um, a white child, or, or any, any student that wasn't black. Mm. And it was mostly Nigerian, Ghanaians, Congolese, and Jamaicans. Um, so, but even with the whole black history lessons, there were, like you said, more to do with American history. So Martin Luther King roots, 
never really had anything to do about UK black history. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for maybe watching a thing online that I might have come across, that'd be my best chance to learn about UK black history. Um, in terms of, like, Nigerian history, that's something that I just had to come learn through uncles and aunties and, and everyone that lived in that country would tell me stories about what happened and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, about the wars and etc. Do you feel like as if the education system could be better and if so, how could it be better in terms of educating people on the people of the past and what they've done to sort of set the standards for now? Um, I think it's more, well, some will disagree with me. This is just me speaking. Mm. But I think it's more powerful if someone actually takes time to find that out for themselves mm-hmm. because if we're really to look into it how is it that they even have that information to give it to us yeah get it? because if you really think back like take away the whole american part of it yes they did fight their struggles and everything not take mm-hmm. anything away from them but the struggle was when we were actually being, or our ancestors, whatever you want to call them, were yeah. actually being taken away from their home countries, you get it? Mm-hmm. And their first ever experiences in whichever country they were taken to. You understand? Because, yeah. I don't know, like, there's so many things that our ancestors did that is not acknowledged as much. Yeah. Whereas those further on that were privileged are the ones that are being acknowledged more. You get it? Mm-hmm. So let's say stuff like um, in London, I heard, I learned recently that, I don't know if this is taboo to say this, but the Buckingham Palace, a lot of um, black Jamaicans had their hand in actually building, mm-hmm. you know, building that, making it, mm-hmm. making it what it is. Yeah. You get it? Mm-hmm. But no one wants to talk about that. Mm. You get, um, let's say, just drinks like, uh, is it Jack Daniels? I'm not too sure. Yeah, one Jack, of those Daniels. Jack Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Daniels, Daniels had a way that. Um, get it. The recipe was made by a black guy. Yeah. yeah. They said about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even KFC as well. They even said the whole thing about KFC mm. that the, the colonel never made the recipe that it was a black yeah, person that took it. He just took it from a black person. Education. Mm hmm. A lot of maids, black maids, were actually schooling the kids that they were forced yeah. to look after. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, the people that we need to consider. But no one will teach us on these things. So yeah. that's why I'm saying you have to take uh, time for yourself and learn about it. Because they're never going to give it to you. Yeah. No matter how much you fight for it. And even if you do fight for it and they say, yes, let's put this down as part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Remember, they get to choose what kind of history they're giving to you. Yeah. And I don't think we'll ever truly get the legit, legitimate history that we deserve to know. So you need to take time out for yourself and look it up. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, it's good you mentioned the education system. Like, where I think yeah, the problem is, is, is in the submission. Mm. And with submission, it's more about language. Mm. So you see, like, most of our education, if you go in all of all of almost all of the black nations they speak a foreign tongue yeah. as their main language mm. and because of that they end up learning their history from a main and why is it a foreign perspective mm. whereas let's say in this country you go to school you could still uh, you could still uh, study bengali you could still study uh, study gujarati and you know some other indian languages Meaning they can still integrate and still bring that culture forward and still mm. learn about their history. But as black people, we don't do that. We submit too much. Do you think that if there was, um, let's say, for example, the say head teacher or prime, whatever they call it, the head of like the schools, mm. if they were black or if the people in control of what the curriculum was decided, if they were black people, do you think that would make a difference? Mm, yes and no. Because... Mm. They're still gonna teach us what they've learned. Yeah. It's a cycle. Like right now, you're talking about generations of yeah. of uh, what is it? Doctoring. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been generations and generations. So, 
it might continue the cycle but we could still try to break it it's they say uh, the old people they're the ones that usually carry the knowledge mm. yeah but at the same time they're not willing to teach the youngers because mm. they look at them like ah these youngers don't want to listen they a nuisance and you get you know what's going on with the stereotypes yeah. and everything mm. yeah so it's like we're being conditioned and reconditioning like reconditioned every day and reprogrammed mm. yeah and we submit into it mm. it's how many of us look here let's say right now sitting on the panel we walk outside in their traditional attire on a daily basis mm. you give up nike yeah for your tradition you know mm. You see, yeah. <laughs> nice <No>, tree. <laughs> yeah. So we deny it. Get it. As much as we say yes, it's something we need and whatnot. Yeah, we're not willing. You get. It. We're not really willing. And it's like you, you, you sit down and you think it's. For example, yeah. Black history. Not, not even black history. A lot of things that have happened with black people. We're scared to talk about it because we're always thinking about what the other side is gonna think about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to be looked at as being biased, being naive, or trying to start a race war. Yeah. I think nowadays, like, I remember in work, it's always like a, not even just necessarily the, um, the pressure of wearing traditional wear. It could even just be the pressure of just dressing like a normal black UK man in a workplace, for example. Exactly. Like, even just wearing, like, I had a situation where I was at work and it was about wearing a hoodie. Mm. And even though, like, people wouldn't say you can't wear a hoodie, you know, you get that sort of vibe of someone. Yeah. That, like, I don't like what you're wearing or I feel you're making me feel uncomfortable Mm. by what you're wearing. It's like, you see, like, the way I got dreads. You know how many times I look at people, yeah, and I even get it from my own black people, like, they just look at me and they're thinking, like... Mm. There's something, they, they, they say there's th- something thuggish about you. Today I had my old boss, he's Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not to say he's racist or whatnot, yeah. But he still got that subtle racism, you know, where they throw, mm-hmm. they throw a little bit Sunday. He come to me, he's like, ah, oh. hey, Ibs, yeah. He's like, guess what? I was watching Top Boy. I'm like, yeah, oh, nice show, innit? He's like, yeah, 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 guess what? Yeah. Not, not meaning, not meaning to be rude. Yeah, but I, I, like when I see you, I can see you inside that series. Yeah, it's like all of you black boys here can fit. Like straight up, that's straight up racism. Yeah, you know, <laughs> today he come to me. Yeah, today I'm, I'm minding my own business. He walked past me. He's like, guess what? Another one you can beat in. I'm like, what? He's like, power. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't watch power. He's like, yeah, yeah, that one. I'm like, that one, the, the fifty cent man. He's like, yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, you suit the character. I'm like, come on. You get it so <laughs> as much as you try to be yourself you're always going to be looked at as mm-hmm. an alien you get it like there was something that today was going through my mind and there's a saying here what they fear they what they don't understand they fear and what they fear they try to destroy yeah. Mm. Yeah. so if yeah. i can't understand your nature yeah yeah i'm always gonna try alien yeah uh alienate alienate you or try to make you submit Mm -hmm. that's deep yeah definitely so like in terms of even though we talked about the football thing before so the racism is happening time ago was even brutal you know the point actually to to be fair there's probably stuff that we don't even know about that could be happening nowadays that could be pretty mad um but like, how far do you feel like as if racism in terms of, let's say this country for now, just in the UK, how far do you, do you think it's gotten better? Do you think it's gotten, do you think people are just, because at the same time you got someone that went up to you that was openly comparing you to random stuff, which they should really know that that is wrong to say. Mm. But at the end of the day, they don't care. They're not thinking about that. They think it's funny. They think it's humorous. Um, whereas others would be would, would never say that kind of stuff. They think in their head, but they would never say it to you because they feel that they know they would offend you by doing that. And some people will like they look at you in fear, so they 
would then as a result be afraid to tell you stuff because they're scared of bringing out the beast as they put it you know it's every African player is always compared to fast pacey or he's, or he's strong he's a beast of a player as, they, as the commentators like to call them so, so that players so what's it called people nowadays don't want to see the beast in you you can even like be like for example I'm walking on the road and if I'm walking behind someone on the pavement I have that tendency to just think oh, I probably should walk in front of them because if I start if I keep walking behind them they probably think I'm going to do something to them and then they're like woof oh, let me move out the way <laughs> you far side you cross I don't know I don't uh, I'm not too sure but if I was to guess I'd say it's still the same as it's always been I don't think it's really spiked up too much or anything like I just think we just have a lot more access to seeing it now mm-hmm. yeah. whereas back then we didn't have social media mm. so yeah. if anyone was experiencing all of that stuff we wouldn't have any access yeah. to knowing mm. it unless they came and told us mm-hmm. but now it's all over the news it's all over the Twitter mm-hmm. Instagram yeah. all of that so yeah. Facebook mm-hmm. so because of all the access we have to society as a whole we are just seeing it a whole lot more but I don't think it really kind of like spiked up too much or mm-hmm. there's like a yeah. wavelength I just think it's been the same yeah I feel like racism is harder to call out now mm. like it's there mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like it's changed its face it's still the same but it's just changed the way it comes through now mm. um, like anytime you see something trending on Twitter or like racism it's like let's say someone drunk on the train and they're just letting out their feelings because when they're drunk they've got less self-control basically or they're angry and they end up just saying their thoughts and they're saying you this you that um or it could just be passive like i've mentioned it before um i've had people come up to me like oh you listen to drill music and i'm like no i don't and they're like i'll be like why do you think i listen to drill music and it's like Obviously, yeah, just just look at you. That's what's in the head. Just random comments like that. I've had so many different comments, and this is within the last year or so. So, racism is just—it's different. And I feel as if sometimes I wonder if we even and talk about we as a society as a whole realize we are because we can say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not." But then we say comments like your boss saying to you, for example, mm-hmm. your boss probably thinks he's a good man, doesn't mm-hmm. realise he's, you know, being negative or anything like that. But what he's actually saying is just pushing that racism agenda, basically. Exactly. So a part of me wonders if people actually realise that they are being racist. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to call out. That's, mm-hmm. the, I've, I, that's what I struggle with. I think it's harder to call out when they are doing that, basically. I always look at it like... I think I've said this before, but it's always like a UK, US thing. I always feel like US is like an over-exaggerated version of UK in everything they do. So, for example, um, some places you might want to buy, like, I don't know, Ikea would sell, like, these little, or Costco would sell, like, these foods that are big portions. Let me see Costco, because Costco's actually American, I think. Yeah, big yeah. portion sizes. You want to get food, bread, big, big size. You You can't buy small. I know it's a wholesale place, but Costco is still... They, they always do wholesale in America. Um, whereas UK, it's smaller portions, smaller this, secret thing, secret that. I remember there was a time of years ago I watched the news and David Cameron came out and said that... Um, that was it called, that Nigeria is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to lie, Nigeria is probably mad corrupt. <laughs> So, you know, you got me there, but at the same time, it was like, it's UK good. is mad corrupty, mm. and it's just because they're more easy, they're more better at maybe at hiding it. Diplomatically mm-hmm. corrupt. corrupt and also right. that they can turn, they can paint corruption as something that is normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore, let's say, for example, school uni fees, they paint that as something normal, mm. that we're fixing the economy by, by charging more for students. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just something to get their more money in their pockets in the long term. Mm. Because, like, what's it called? Trying to fix the debt that the UK has. It still hasn't even closed yet. Mm. And they've been charging students, like, ten times more money for about, for the past five years again. Yeah, what they really do is just pass on the debt. But what they claim is that they're fixing the situation. So it's like, in in comparison to, like I said, the UK and America, it's like, 
in in America, they want to call you like a nigger. They want to call you the N word. They'll say it, say it's your face. Mm. Whereas in UK, you have to be angry. You have to be drunk mm. to be in a situation where like you have to say that sort of thing because we're all secret. In UK, it could just be a matter of someone sitting next to you on the bus or on the train, and they move away from you when you come and sit near them. Mm-hmm. That's their way of showing, you know, not really cool if you can a lot. Um, but yeah, I always feel like as if UK is more, um, it's sly. 100%. It is, wow. It's, uh, it's secret. So and mm-hmm. yeah, like people, even it could be at work, it could be at school. Right. Come on, let's be real, yeah? Let's look at independence when we celebrate all our country's independence. Yeah. Uganda recently just celebrated its independence. Yeah. yeah. How many years was that? How do you mean? Like 57 years of independence? Yeah. yeah. That's not a lot. No. It isn't a lot. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Even Nigeria's about that same um, round, isn't it? It's just under 60 years old. Yeah. yeah. And so Nigeria was on October as well, yeah. So are you telling me in 60 years we've forgotten? Yeah. It's true. Nobody's forgotten. Oh. It's just people are choosing to tolerate and. <laughs> because if you think about it, let's say for example a lot of maybe uncles aunties grandfathers grandmothers they were alive at the time yeah when our, the countries were colonized so it's like it's not even that long ago that you need to go back into your ancestors to find out when these things happened like it was recent mm-hmm. it's even got it's arguably it's to a point where like it's not even arguably it's probably is to a point where like people in these countries will actually beg for to be colonized again because what happens is they left it in such a state oh, yeah. Yeah. and didn't and the people who took over was became greedy as a result because they were so starved of the money and the, the lifestyle yeah. so they became greedy and now it's like oh we're better off some people will say they're better off being colonized which is crazy mm-hmm. but some people, the, some people believe that because at least their place was structured mm-hmm. albeit it was brutal it was bad but it was structured but because the greediness of people has sort of like, it's almost in a way tainted sort of what black history is in a way. That's what you're going right now. Had mm. a friend of mine, yeah, who was sitting down having like a little debate. And he told me black people would, like Africans, would have never been civilized unless they got colonized. Mm. Mm. Mm, I don't agree. Um, I felt offended. <laughs> what's your response to it then you um, agree? I think it's because I remember reading this in politics um, like when I studied it years ago um, we have this I, we associate civilization with western society okay. so we think that's what civilization is mm. so mm. the idea that Africans will never be civilised mm. um, if they weren't colonised is because your, compar- your, civili- your definition of civilization is Western society mm-hmm. and that's already tainted, that's already wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, I've heard things like Africans taught, I mean, the fact that you could trust a black slave to take care of your child obviously means that you have some belief that they're doing, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, for you to now turn around and say that they're dumb or they're this and they're not civilized doesn't even make sense. You know that they have, brain, mm-hmm. you know, they're smart, they know, you know, they can do things. So, that's why I don't agree with that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if they were dumb, how would you chain them up and stuff like that? Because you, if they're dumb, then they wouldn't go anywhere, would they? Mm. <laughs> just threat, a threat. Threat to them, but <clears throat> on the point of corruption, yeah, oh, man. Mm. it's in so many shapes and forms, especially in this country. Mm. In ways like you can drive, you can wear a specific clothing, like mm. you mentioned earlier. You can wear a hoodie. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be seen a certain way. Yeah. But did a guy called Jerome or Ole something make that hoodie? No, this hoodie was made by mm-hmm. a white man. So why is it now that if I wear it, I'm seen in a certain light. But if someone else wears it, it's fine. Yeah. You get it? Mm. Cars, simple, simple cars. A mm. black car, maybe a bit tinted. A1, A1, is it A-class? <laughs> <laughs> All of those Astros or something. Yeah. But if you're a specific person behind the wheel, mm-hmm. it's you that gets stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technology is to a point now where they can see who owns the car just by scanning the license plate. Mm-hmm. So really and truly, there's no need for you mm-hmm. to pull me over and reject the history is there. And it's crazy they're adapting the culture as well. 
like the girls um, are plaiting their hair. They've got the braids out. They've got the bantu 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 knots. Yeah, I got that right. I got that right. Um, the bantu knots, everything like that. Yeah, and then the guys are, you know, what's it called? Braiding their hair as well. Um, they're starting to wear the clothes that they know their favorite rappers are starting to wear as well. Um, so there's like they're starting to like almost meet with Culture black history. Matches. So they like the, the nice stuff of it. Like all the all the cool stuff that, that they can vibe with. It doesn't get them in trouble and that doesn't get them looking wrong in front of other white people. But it makes them feel better by that taking their culture and claiming it as their own as well. To be honest, I don't really have an issue with, let's say, someone who's not black wearing braids or anything. I think the issue is, if you have made fun of black people, mm, made yeah, yeah, no, it's not wearing yeah. braids for so many years, and then you now rock the braids, it's like, uh-huh. what are you trying to do, basically? Because we just rock it better and we're beautiful when we do it. It's uh-huh. just that simple. Yeah. It's really that simple. That's the issue. And I think for me, like, I remember... I don't know which one of the Kardashians it was, but one of them was rocking, like, the two braids. And then one of the huge, maybe Kim, and then one of the um, <laughs> huge magazines was like, oh, this is the new trend. And we're just like, no, love, it's we've been, been doing new. this for time. <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time. Now it's a trend because someone who's not black is doing it. Mm. So I think it's just a whole, the whole culture needs to be revamped, basically. We really need to reflect on how we treat black people, essentially. Aren't we allowed to start creating our own history as well? Copyright. Mm-hmm. I think we should and I think we are currently to be honest I think what we need to do is just support each other more so that we get out there more you recognise each other more and then that's when the whole world will hear about it I was actually going to bring that up as the next part I was talking about the past, present, future what you <laughs> yeah, we, can, we, can, we can go there um, yeah actually I was actually going to think of um, so the present I think a lot of people now are sort of creating a new black history in a way that okay, yeah, they're not going through the, the slavery thing, but they're essentially what black history is all about is leaving a legacy for other black people, mm. knowing that you've changed the game or you've changed the narrative in some sort of way mm-hmm. and you fought, you know, other races verbally, sometimes, unfortunately, physically to get to that point. Um, one, you mentioned Black Hoodie as well. Mm. I don't know if you heard of the 56 Black Men. Mm-hmm. It's a movement like it's been they put like a billboards everywhere so it's about 56 black people that are essentially black males in particular um that are doing good stuff in society but they're not rappers they're not singers and they're not athletes because usually that is the reference referred to black males so they want to shine a light on these 56 black people um the guy who yeah some lawyers and that yeah, so like lawyers, um, business people. Yeah, so what the guy that created it is called Sefas Williams. Sefas Williams, sorry. Yeah. Sefas Williams, yeah. So I think I found it on LinkedIn. I've been following it ever since. Mm. Um, and you sort of behind each, like it took like a snapshot picture of it, and then they got to the point where they got billboards across the the, the London. So um, I think one of them as well was like um, William and. Adelsi, um, who does who created this watch and he sells premium watches um, Richard Branson picked up as well and started to endorse it um, but yeah these guys are doing like stuff that are impacting people's lives yeah. and the whole idea is that they're inspiring other young black people coming up to sort of you know you don't have to do this to get somewhere you don't have to sell, you don't have to change who you are or sell yourself differently in order to like get places which I think is pretty inspiring and I think that's sort of black history setting the whole thing because what it was important about the pictures is that they all wear a black hoodie in the pictures and they all wear it up as well mm. so they all look they technically from a white person might put that sick they look they the look same thuggish. they look fuckish mm. but really they, they don't do anything like that mm. but they want to be known that they can be comfortable walking out wearing a black hoodie mm-hmm. mm. but yeah those sort of things are like movements that I think are having a positive impact um, and I think they're starting to get on like news and stuff like that but again it might be people might still look at that differently but I think you have to do it out, do it anyway and hope it makes a change but yeah do you have any other people that you said that inspires you right now 
or even it could even be yourself um that you would hope that would leave some sort of legacy that you know might be remembered in the future important about who you know um who you come across because like at the end of the day as much as i might watch tv uh be in school and listen to what other black people are doing out there even on linkedin i'm I'm crazy about linkedin these days and i see a lot of black guys black women doing amazing stuff but it's like end of the day if you're not finding it within your own area you know something's something's wrong in a way um so for example my mom and my dad have are sort of like those those standards of what I'm going to be known as a black person. I, I'm proud of being black because of them at the end of the day. A lot of people might not feel proud of being black and they might link back to their parents as a result. But yeah, and it doesn't necessarily need to be your blood parents to be your parents. It doesn't have to be like, I can be your brother without having to be blood related to you. So yeah, so it's like, it's all about who you know. Um, and when you like look back on people that have inspired you, um, especially through your walk as a black person, it's gonna be people around you, like you, like your your mom or your your friends or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, any other people you find inspiring day to day? Um, so mine changes all the time, and I'm, I guess that's a good thing because it means I'm seeing more and more black people like doing good things, doing bits, um, doing bits. At the moment, um, just I guess with all the tension and stuff that's going on with politics and just the world, I'm really feeling. David Lammy and who's the MP um, for Tottenham mm-hmm. and Diane Abbott as well I think she's for Hackney um, and just because um, the amount of hate first of all that Diane Abbott gets the amount of hate mail she gets just for being a black woman mm-hmm. in politics yeah. and she's still going out there and doing her thing mm-hmm. on a daily basis that I just I just find amazing David Lammy as well just because I don't know if you remember the comic relief thing that happened yeah, a few yeah. months ago maybe so um, so basically comic relief was he called them out because it seems as if their way of saving the world is always going to Africa and like finding um, poor destitute poor kids children. and helping them out he's kind of like it, he was kind of not to go into like too much detail but kind of dealing with that whole 
white saviour complex that oh it always seems as if the white people are coming to save the black people and he spoke out against it which is exactly sorry just to go back to that point remember we mentioned about the whole idea of colonialism and how black people wish that they were colonised again that white saviour thing actually has an effect because black people in that country might think oh I need the white saviour to come and save me because I remember last time I was eating good it was because of that white saviour it wasn't the best thing for them but it was that best thing it's better than what they have now Mm. So therefore, they feel like as if that's what they need. But yeah, sorry, continue. It's the illusion. It's the illusion. Yes, it's honestly illusion. Because like, we've grown up back home and we know there's not kids walking around butt naked like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, there are issues, but... Yeah, I I mean, Harriet Tubman said something. She was like how um, I freed a thousand slaves. And I could have freed a thousand more if they knew they were slaves. Like, it's a whole... It's a mindset thing, basically. If you know... um, that you're suffering, then you can deal with that suffering. But if you don't, if you don't know you're suffering, if you don't know you're sick, then no one can help you out of that situation if you don't know basically. So it goes down to that mindset. But yeah, just going back to David Lammy, like I really appreciate what he's doing because he's coming against, you know, all this thing, and he got a lot of hate for speaking out. Um, but I applauded him, and a lot of other people applauded him as well for speaking out. So definitely, they're my role models. Um, that I would say, and just basically black people working hard. I work in accounting, and anytime I feel down or I feel like I can't do this, like my studies and stuff like that, I it's like God shows me, it's always like one black person I see who looks like me. And I think that's the whole importance of having diversity in the media and stuff. So when you see someone look like you, you're inspired to be like, okay, I could actually be like this in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any others? Hmm. With me, I am found no one new recently, but I've got like a few motivational speakers that I usually listen to and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's one, um, there's a black guy by the name of Eric Thomas, and like he does motivational speaking, but like from a hip hip hop perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, under NFL and. One of his favorite saying is, um, you're amazing. Yeah, because it's like, he said, think about the race it took. Yeah, like there was a million sperms that raced one egg, and out of all of those millions, you made it. Mm. Yeah, so what makes you think you're not amazing? Yeah. Yeah, and that's just like one of every time I listen to him, it's like it's that empowerment. Mm. Yeah. And then I've got I, I I like listening to a lot of history because I grew up back home, yeah. and we studied social studies and whatnot. Mm. So there's Uma Johnson. Oh, Doctor Uma Johnson. Yeah. Oh. All right, <laughs> nah. He gusses he gusses the thing up. I like I like I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he also makes you deep. Mm. Mm-hmm. They want yeah, to make you deep it. life. Oh, yeah, like, he, he drives you in it. He puts oh. you in the driving seat in it. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you feel like you've been living in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The realist statements he comes out with and um, how we've economically been, I don't know, <clears throat> how we've economically been placed in a certain standard of living. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, man. Because if I get into it, <laughs> yeah. now we're gonna get we're gonna get into that. There's the next one. There's so Omar Johnson is American, yeah. Mm. yeah. And then while looking for, I was looking for somebody I can compare mm. to mm. him from an African point of view. Yeah. And I found um, P. L. O. Lumumba, right. a professor. He's a professor. Yeah. And this guy when I said something, yeah, he's like, is it right? Yeah. You see the African leaders, mm-hmm. the, pres- the presidents and whatnot. Hmm. Is it right that when their children go to school or go hospital or whatnot, they do it in foreign countries, like European countries, hmm. instead of trying to develop their own countries? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so he came to it from a historical, but a different perspective. And he made me understand why Africa is the way it is. Yeah. Because yeah, you see, during col- colonial times, mm. A few of our presidents got picked and they got they got brought over into these countries mm. so that they could study and that way they could go and impose the colonial master's rules but mm. they had their own ideology yeah and this is where we get in the dictatorship of today 
You know what I'm saying? Ah, you're dictators and whatnot. Yeah. You see? So, <laughs> it, it's it's literally deep when you start looking at it mm-hmm. from different angles and everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, Uma Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those listening in, if they ever, if you ever get a chance to listen to Dr. Umar Johnson on, especially the Breakfast Club, there's some Mm. of his interviews that when he brings the power, when he brings his point across, he really brings it across and he paints it in a picture that you really can't avoid. Like you'd have to be. 150% 150% ignorant <laughs> to mm-hmm. not see the picture he's picture. painting for you. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, <clears throat> just a brief one, like, one of the episodes I watched was um, he said how back in the day, obviously he came from an American black perspective. Yeah. But back in the day, families used to always be a home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will never see single parents, single yeah. motherhood, or mm-hmm. single dads, or whatever. Parents would be solid, regardless of the issues they would have. Mm-hmm. They would be solid. If mm-hmm. let's say you're a married couple and then you had a little disagreement and you needed to take a break, work it up. you would find that the wife would probably go back to her parents. But as soon as she sets foot in there, the parents would tell her, "You can stay for the night, but you gotta go back home." Kind mm-hmm. of. Thing. Mm-hmm. This is just a little break period, but yeah. you always gotta go back home. So there was solidarity. You get mm-hmm. it. But then we were test subjects to the mm-hmm. white man, yeah, in a sense that they, time by time, systematically and economically made men mm-hmm. feel useless bit by bit in ways of like sending them off to war. Mm-hmm. You send them off to war, it's only the women that stay behind looking after mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah. They have to go find jobs, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. When the men come back now, you're finding a whole new woman. Before you had someone who could rely on you. She's independent in her own sense. Mm-hmm. But she could rely on you. Mm-hmm. But now she doesn't even need to rely on you. you get yeah. mm-hmm. So now in a man, it's just slowly but gradually builds the the um, thought that, you know what, if a woman is this independent, can I really be ever be enough for her? Mm. So that's when the whole cheating started. Cheap. That's when the whole put a baby and a woman and then leave stuff mm, that's yeah. when all of that mm. and then over time it just got crazy isn't it mm-hmm. and then when you relate that to today how many young baby moms are you seeing single mm. how many yeah. baby mom baby dad problems are you seeing and this is something that's been happening for a long time mm. so when you hear this stuff you're like you got me excited how many um do you not know about the willie lynch letter william lynch now it's similar to that it was basically about breaking up the <coughs> family structure because as Uma Johnson says and a lot of people that study history say the strength lies within the family structure mm. yeah. Yeah, like man woman and their children mm-hmm. so it, William Lynch during slavery he wrote a letter to another plantation owner in America on how he was controlling his slaves <coughs> because yeah, he had like the most successful plantation yeah so in that letter he used the method of like horse breaking you know like when they tame wild horses and they tame them so he's like you pick you pick the strong the, the uh, male against you get it yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you pick the male against the male or whatnot and then somehow yeah by the time you you finished you have the women feeling like the men are useless and they're gonna teach it to their children basically their children will forever submit to the master because that's the only way they can ensure a future mm. that's, a mm-hmm. that's just me doing a breakdown like a breakdown mm-hmm. but anybody who's feeling interested just searching the Willie Lynch letter is available on internet on Google anyway mm. So I'm thinking it's like, it's all about this sort of survival. Um, what's that phrase they say? Survival of the fit or something like that. Mm. Um, it even makes you think about like nowadays. Um, okay, it's not necessarily history in present time, but um, do you, I sort of feel it as well that like, 
even though I'm not competing against, let's say, someone like any of you here, but it's like sometimes situations in jobs. For example, now jobs are trying to be more diverse and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So they, you know what? We're going to open the door now. We're going to hire some more black people in there. But in reality, there's three black spots for about 100 or 300 people trying to get in. Mm. Or maybe they want to do like, I don't know, BBC want to do like, what's it called? A TV show and they're looking for a presenter. Only one black person is, try- is available for them. Um, so you sort of mentioned about the whole idea that black people meant to like sort of even fight each other to get to, to a point mm-hmm. where they're recognised and rated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of in reflection into nowadays as well. Even though it's not necessarily physically fighting, it's like fighting for a role. And we're not necessarily like having to go at each other, but we're looking at each other knowing that only one of us can really mm-hmm. make it. Do you think that's the right mentality or the wrong mentality? The wrong mentality. Like, <clears throat> the thing it is here, history plays a part in our present. Mm. You see, like, everything that's happened in history, the colonialism, the whatnot, is what we're living right right now. Mm. Like, there's certain people, as much as we hate to be here, we try to act like our, like our colonial masters. Yeah. Because that's what we know better. Look at Rwanda, for example, the genocide. Mm. Yeah. The French left, yeah, and then you had a power struggle. Yes. Yeah. The other, the other tribe didn't want to be. They, they, they wanted to go back to the way the things were, mm-hmm. and then the other ones didn't want to listen. So they had a genocide. Yeah. You get it. So the thing is, yeah, we need to stop and look within ourselves. You can't. We can't do even like look politics. Western politics in Africa, it's messing us up. Mm. <laughs> to link it actually with the whole Dr. Uma Johnson thing and the little thing that we said, I think in essence is with racism, yes there's so many direct attacks that we are facing, but I feel like that is nothing compared to how we are actually systematically and economically being uh, racially oppressed you get it like it's so much deeper than what social media is painting towards us we're Mm -hmm. focusing on the wrong things whereas like what you were mentioning in terms of two job roles and you've got 300 black people Mm -hmm. fighting for those Mm -hmm. roles what happens with that is first of all yes you'll get the role good for you because it could be a good role mm-hmm. it could pay well but what happens is again you're going to be in a workplace where you don't really see your own mm-hmm. and that could even low-key just stem like an idea that you know what i'm better than the rest of them because mm. if they were better than me they could have yeah. got it kind of thing you get yeah. it so up until this day behind the shadows systematically we are being racially ridiculed mm-hmm. uh. So much so that I feel like it's focusing on the um, <clears throat> those that are doing it to our face seems small. Yeah. Seems so small. Whatever you do it to my face, at least that's I know that's all you yeah, got. But you mm-hmm. do it to the Whereas face. when you're doing it to me behind scenes, you're literally painting a picture of my future, yeah. my kids' future, and their kids, and so on. It's crazy. Mm. I remember I had a guy professional tell me that he doesn't believe in systemic racism mm. that it doesn't exist and it's like even if you try and explain it to them i guess this is my question they don't understand we, they don't understand mm. so how do you break it down in a way that will get them to understand? i feel like it's twofold i feel one they don't understand or two they don't they want, want to, to they don't want to understand so how do you now how do we now communicate that mm. how do we explain that, that this is the situation should we have to you shouldn't have to. Sometimes it, it feels like the only way you can actually do it is if you're above them. Mm. <laughs> and they have, and they have to listen to you. We have to. To them, nah. But to our own, 100%. Mm. But to them, nah. Yeah, fair enough. Because they don't want to hear it. Mm. Even if they act like they're hearing it, they really don't want to hear it. Because yeah. mm. once you leave, like, he would show you he understood. You leave. Then nothing would change. Mm. Mm. Ibra would do that same thing and say systematically we've been so 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 you'll bring evidence mm-hmm. you'll even give him references I guarantee you there's gonna be top boy Florida and he's gonna come back to you and say oh you should be a top boy Florida <laughs> you get it? they don't wanna hear it 
so should we have to even you, like you just say you like the guy from Love Island or the black guy on Love Island <gasps> so I, actually, like the guy told me the guy would be dark skinned someone actually he, said to me you're like your one day from Love Island <laughs> I was just like okay <laughs> I'll tell you, she's pretty. I'll take it, but I know why you're saying it. It's not because we look alike. It's, it's like, 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 but the, like the same guy that's telling me about this here, if I turned around, I most probably and I told him, oh yeah, you look like um Seth Rogen. Hey, he's another Jewish man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he most probably feel offended mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. call me anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, mm-hmm. so it's all about putting a full stop. You get it, cause mm-hmm. nobody wants to speak about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Nobody jokes about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You get it. Not a lot of people mention it like out there, bruv. You try mention it, bruv. The way they will shut you down. <laughs> you get it? Mm. Why do we not treat our history like that? So Why do we not treasure it and whatnot? Why do we always deny it? I guess the question is, are we? I think I mentioned it earlier, but are we contributing to our own view of black history and black people? I'm not saying as in us as in here, but I'm saying as in like other people who are like us contributing to that whole idea so if we let's say accusations oh if you're black and you wear a hoodie you're automatically involved in gangs mm. are the people who are actually in gangs now damaging that credibility that we're not in gangs mm-hmm. nah, it just so happens a hoodie covers his face <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean nah I'm not gonna now say oh you guys can no longer be in gangs because of our image no no I'm not saying that no. I'm just saying as in like in terms of like there's gangs and then there's actually like going out and killing people um i mean as in like let's say for example um it's always black on black crime for example our people it's always that thing if we are now constantly fighting ourselves okay the media of course have fabricated that I think the media is a huge yeah 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 because even with like statistically but yeah, I didn't do an episode in the video, but yeah, I, was, I didn't try to avoid it, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> even but, with knife crime, statistically, it's actually, I think, less than 50% of it. Is, yeah, it's, it's worse in anytime, Scotland. Yeah, anytime you talk, they talk about it on TV, they get a black man to talk about it, mm-hmm. they get a black person to speak about it. So, what they're doing is the media associates all these negative things with um, black people. Even with. Um, ASOS, um, so something came out on Twitter recently about ASOS, their sales are falling, and they put Obi's Obi face, and, he's dead. and they put Obi's face next to it, so they're like, why did you associate something negative and put Obi, of everything ASOS has done this year, is Obi that you put on, so it's just, it's the small things like this, hmm. and it gets into people's minds, and then you associate you negativity, hear? negativity with hmm. black people, or with black, nah. um, who's that guy, the Dan Top Boy, Dave? Mm. Yeah, the the guy that um that done um top boy the one that's a singer, mm. he won he won I think he won an award recently. Apparently, ITV went on to say ah. Uh, Dave won an award and first thing before thinking anybody like important um before thinking his mother or whatnot he thanked his criminal brother. Mm. Cause he was talking about his brother inspiring him. For the character and everything yeah, yeah so gigs and everybody go went on to twitter and they were calling they were sending shots at itv and they were saying like bruv like listen <laughs> yeah you can't even congratulate the guy you there you still want to associate negativity with yeah can't let a brother shine uh-huh. they will always do that uh, they will always do that raheem sterling with his uh yeah. mk tattoo <coughs> AK tattoo, like, mm. they're always going to do that, but there's something... You know what's crazy? People mm. hating on them, they had to be out there. They drop their phone after tweet, tweeting that hate, mm. then they pick up their Xbox console, mm. and they go and play Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's mad. <laughs> but yeah, we've got to wrap, wrap up there. So, um, as we usually do on the, the fiction show, just, you know, sign off, drop your socials, and, you know, yeah. We didn't talk about solutions need to bring us next time.
Do you know what? Do you know we can have a part two, you know? We can definitely have a part two. But mine quickly, just more shows like this, more radio stations like this, just more of us in media presenting what we actually are. Indeed. But yeah, actually, you know what, yeah, so you, know, you can drop a, a solution as you say your social. If you want to drop your social, you mean? Yeah, Awareness is key, just like she said. It's good to be aware. Like, I like the ignorance. Awareness, isn't it? Knowledge is power. Mm. Right? <laughs> Buzz. I was going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to think of another phrase now. Uh, Nah, definitely. Empathy. Mm. Mm. I was even just going to say my last, I guess, last phrase, isn't it? It's like the whole idea of, you know, black people were resilient. Mm. You know, we don't give in from time ago, from present to now. We just don't give in, we just don't give up. And they always say that black don't crack and it applies here. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, so our socials. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at Mary S. Akin. Cool. Alright. Socials, um, Instagram, Jibzy, which is J I B Z E Y. Cool. And what about your show as well? Oh, yeah. Um, our show is called Behind Closed Doors on the same station every Monday at 7 30. Cool. You, bro? With me? Catch me here as well in the same station every Friday for Let's Talk About It from 7 and on Thursdays as well on um, Parents Forum. Calm. It's actually my first show I did, you know. She was on Parents Forum. But yeah. So yeah, and it's been your boy FT, aka Festus, aka Otley Tim Tim, aka Nigel Kid 3000. Yeah, just for an aka a G. Aka forty seven, aka aka forty seven, whatever. I'm shooting W's. That's what I'm doing today. Yeah, no L's, no L's. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's really where um see you in two weeks, yeah, in a bit.